something with you today. I want my wife to join me in this sharing. Have a seat, honey, please. But I want to do something today that uh, was not a planned thing. Let me say before I go any further today, um, you see me twitching my right arm. For those of you, those of you that are part of this house know that I have a twitch that occurs from time to time. Um, some of you that might not be aware of the twitch, you're aware now. And uh, it is there from, from time to time, and, and um, sometimes it's worse than other times. But it, it, uh, it's not something I can control. But um, I've had it a long time. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt me. Don't let it hurt you. Um, but uh, I wanted to do something this morning, and my... And maybe you should be on those trade sides. <laughs> you sit there. We have learned over the years that uh, I don't hold a drink in my left. In fact, let me put this table in the middle so I, my drink is on my left side. Yes. I don't really want to put space. Oh, I can't hang on to anything. I'm sorry. I'm not apologizing for it. There's nothing I can do about it, and it is what it is. So I, I'm sorry that I apologized. The, um, but... Um, God is doing incredible, incredible things among us. And what we look like today doesn't look anything like what we did at one time. And what we look like today will not look like what we will in the days to come. Because if there's anything that can be said of us, we are a changing people. We do not change because change is our favorite thing to do. We change because obedience is our favorite thing to do. And he calls us to so much and to go into so many places and to do so many things. We're wise if we trust his voice and we're fools if we don't don't be distracted by my twitching please but I have a word I wanted, wanted to share this morning I thought was going a completely different way but I'm going to share it in the way that I know to now and it's the conclusion of the series, Fluid Worship, and the idea of it is the fight in the night. Wrestling with angels. And sometimes when you are in pursuit of the things of the kingdom of God and what he has called you to, Tim, Sometimes it is a fight in the night. It's between you and God. No one else has any idea what you're fighting. But if we're not careful, we need, we need to understand the reason for the fight. The story of Balaam 
in the story <laughs> Jacob are very different Balaam resisted the angel resisted the word because he couldn't believe that God could use a donkey My wife thanked me for saying donkey. It's not what the Bible says. <laughs> but Jacob engaged the angel. Now there's a thousand interp interpretations you could take from that fight in the night. But what I'm taking from it today is when Jacob engaged the angel, that angel, there's no real clear answer why there was a fight in the night. Depending on what church you go to on any given Sunday will give you a different reason why he was fighting with that angel, why he wrestled with the angel and his hip was touched. So I'm, I'm going to draw my own conclusion like every other preacher does. And I believe it was so that Jacob could find out what he was made of. I've always believed that. I still believe that. Because what Jacob knew he was made of at one time was he was a usurper. In fact, that's his name. Supplanter. And see, when Jacob in Genesis 32, I'm not going to read that this morning. You can read it later. But in Genesis 32, when Jacob knew that his brother, he had to, the Holy Spirit, or Yahweh spoke to uh, Jacob and told him to return to his kin, to his family. Long story short, Jacob made himself hairy like his brother to receive, receive the, I'm sorry, the blessing of Isaac, therefore supplanter. Esau was not happy about that he was the older brother he should have received that that blessing the firstborn blessing I'm paraphrasing but over years many years had passed in fact a generation nearly had passed and Holy Spirit spoke to Jacob and he said I want you to return to your kin and immediately Jacob's heart was filled with fear because his kin included Esau, whom he knew he had angered and, it, and wanted to kill him. But see, when Jacob did all of that, he was a supplanter. He was a liar. He was a thief. He was weak. Because he believed that his blessing could only come through his own actions, not through the provision of God. So he took it upon himself to discover the blessing. Which would have... Uh, never mind, I'm not going to go there and just confuse what I'm trying to say. But he took it upon himself to do for himself what God wanted to do supernaturally. So he clothed himself in camel's hair. So that he could get the blessing. Deceive his daddy. And that's who Jacob was. 
But God knew that that's not who Jacob was born to be, nor who Jacob was. God knew that there was more to Jacob than met Jacob's eye, that Jacob had not seen with his eyes what God had seen in his heart. And when the angel met Jacob that night, and the Bible says they fought all night. It was the fight of the night. And when Jacob wrestled with that angel, he wasn't wrestling with that angel because the angel was trying to keep him from doing something. Indeed, what Jacob was trying to do is exactly what the Lord told him to do. Now, there, there was a lot of fear involved with Jacob. He broke up the tribe into two parts and he sent this that way and he sent them off into different groups so you go first then after he's done talking to you you let him know that I'm right behind you and then he sent another group then he sent another group this is a long story you have to read it but there was a lot of fear involved in what Jacob was doing and the angel came in the night and he fought with Jacob to find out if Jacob had any metal Because the father knew what his purpose for Jacob was, and he had to find out, I know what's in Jacob, but I need Jacob to figure out what's in Jacob. And I'm going to send the biggest, baddest angel I've got to go down there and kick his hind end. And we read that he wrestled all night until the angel, no one was winning. And the angel touched the hip of Jacob and dislocated his hip. It did not remove the fight. It revealed the passion. Because the physical fight was over, did not change the passionate fight within. The external had been transferred to the internal. And the rest is history. Jacob's name was changed. The angel said, you'll no longer be called Jacob, but now you're no longer the supplanter. You're no longer the supplanter. Now you're a father. You are Israel. And healing took place that day. A transformation took place that day that allowed Jacob to move into a place that I want to be. I want to be with you. And I want to be with anybody that will go on this journey of what is so different and yet there's parts and pieces that are similar but yet it's it's there's something more just there's just something more being required of you and me so I I have my wife up here because I want to share something with you she does not know that I was going to do and very few people are aware of this but I'm going to tell you something I'm going to tell you a little story and I'm going to pass this around while I'm doing this
So I've been passing this marble around for now six weeks, I think. This is maybe the sixth week, I think, something like that. We've had people say different things and leave comments. What in the world is that that doesn't make Even had a visitor one time email us and said, you know, I love that service, but man, that marble thing was really odd. And um, the second service is going to be very different than the first today. I'm, I'm certain of it because I will not do this again. It's a word right now because of the trade Kaylee Hoffman made. I want to help you understand how that word means so much to me that she traded today. You know, two years ago I'd shared with you that, um, and I'm not going to go into all the details, it's not necessary, and I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but I want to get to the point. But two years ago, I began to experience some challenges physically that, um, well, I didn't begin, I just began to recognize that they were challenges. And uh, that required that, I would go to a doctor and I went to a doctor and uh, when I went to the doctor um, they took a lot of tests and begin to assume uh, or begin to share with me what they were thinking was going on but there was no certainty so I continued to go and um, over that two years um, over that two years we uh, come sit close to me. I like it when you're close. And um, so over that two years, uh, at some point anyway, it came to the place where they said that I was, um, that uh, because of my PSA levels, that prostate cancer was present. And um, so we went in and you know the story. I went in and we had a biopsy. That was an experience that I hope to never relive, but went in and had a biopsy. And when I went in and had that biopsy, um, that next few days, in fact, while we were at service that day, they sent back the results and it said no cancer, no, 12, 12 samples. All of them, each of them said no cancer, no cancer, no cancer. And we celebrated that and we shouted about that. How many were here? You remember that? We celebrated that. We shouted about that. I preached it. I preached it in New York. I shared the testimony in New York and with among my friends and those who... I had a relationship with and then um, it didn't change my position but because of that there was a requirement that I had to continue to take tests so if you've been in the office around here I'm coming and going all the time but the um, but I went and uh, I took a blood test when was it seven weeks ago seven eight weeks ago had another blood test done and when that blood test came back in in the two years prior maybe my timeline might be off just a hair but in the basically two years prior to that my blood levels uh, indicators had changed by 1.2 points in just two years which is still significant but not significant enough to really uh, warrant anything other than a biopsy but in the, it was less than 90 days uh, between the biopsy and then my next blood test, just under, it was right at almost three months. And we went in, and when that test came back, my, those markers had increased by one and a half points in three months, which is more than the 1.2 points in two years. 
And uh, so they wanted to do another test. Where's that marble at? Is it still being passed around? You just keep passing it, please. And um, so they did the, um, they ordered another test. And uh, my wife and I went and uh, um, whenever it was recently, six weeks ago. And right before I started passing this marble, my wife and I went and I said, uh, and I had to take this test and they put me in this machine and did their stuff for an hour. And um, we, I came out of that machine and I said to the guy, I said, uh, said to the guy and the nurse, I said, so tell me, so what did you see? And he said, I, I can't tell you that. And I said, I'm the patient. He said, all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have a surgeon? And uh, I said, I do. He said, what's his name? And I told him. And he said, what I will tell you is we will be sending your results to both your primary urologist and to the surgeon. So we left there and felt like in our heart that we knew what we knew. What is it? Anyway. And... Um, Faith was not changed. But when the results came, not, not, not but, I don't want to say but as if something changed. But the, then the results came back. Let me say it that way. The results came back on a, a week later. And when the results came back, there's a spot in my prostate that is the size of that marble. Exactly the size of that marble. And I passed that around today, and I've been passing that around every week because I wanted your anointing on that. I didn't feel the liberty to create any caution in you, um, any fear in you, um, because we don't have that. There are moments. But, you know, to me, God heals when he heals Kaylee Hoffman. As your word said this morning, we received healing when it was first assumed that that could be a possibility, Kim and I. And so when they said that, that that is the spot and that that is the size, and then they kind of give you an idea of what you can expect. It's not important now, but the, um, what they can expect, what, what I could expect, uh, they scheduled me for this person I went to see this week that's above the pay grade of my guy. That's how he said it. He said, I, I can't, I, you can't be my patient anymore. I have to send you to somebody that's above my pay grade. There's just a few people in the state of Florida that can actually do what is going to happen in a couple weeks, in a week, next week. And um, so um, I don't want to leave out anything that is important but I don't want to add anything that's not so um, so I went and saw him I thought that it was going to be the procedure this past Thursday and I was getting ready to go out of town to, to meet with some brothers uh, in the faith in the kingdom for a meeting and um, among visionaries leaders and when I, right before I went, two days before I went, the doctor called me. I've not met the doctor, but he called me. And he said, I'm not going to do the procedure. We're going to have a consultation. And I said, for what? 
And he said, because I want to talk about what I'm aware of and what I see as I look at all the results. I want to talk about what I see. And uh, I said, let's just get this thing done. Let's do this test. And he said, I can't do that. He said, you got to come in here and then we'll, we'll go over it. So anyway, there was no win. And um, Kim and I went Thursday. We walk in there Thursday. And I had said to the guy, I, gotta, I can't leave this out. I had said to the, my previous doctor said, Steve, I had two, two specific doctors. One of them called me after, the, after that first test that they scheduled me for this one last Thursday. The ones who scheduled me for that, there were two doctors that were consulting about my case. And the one doctor called me on a Monday and he said, Steve, I am diagnosing you with prostate cancer. And he told me all the reasons why. And that, I mean, he was just black and white. The next day, my doctor called, and he apologized that he had been out of town because he had a family emergency. And he said, I want to know what did my colleague tell you yesterday? He said, we had consulted, and he called you. I want to know what did he say to you exactly? And I started telling him, and he said, I got about halfway through it, and he said, stop, stop right there. He, he said, yes, he said, the truth is, this is what it, medically, this is what it is. This is by all appearance, this is what it is. He said, but your test came back on a scale of one to five as a three and a half, 3.5. One is no cancer, five is all doubt is removed, it's absolutely cancer. He said, I'm gonna give you the good and the bad. The good news is, um, because you're a three and a half, there is a very small window, very small. Thank you. There is a very small window that it is, did you guys touch this? There is a very small window that uh, it is um, not cancer. He said it's very small. And, um, but he said, I want you to live within that window. He said, I know what you do. I want you to live within that window until we take this next test. So... I passed that information on to the doctor I had not met until Thursday when I was talking to him on the phone, and, and he said, um, well, I don't, I don't know about those windows. And he said, um, what I know is what I see. And he said, so we'll consult when you come in Thursday. So Kim and I go in Thursday. We didn't know what to expect. We had no idea. And my wife, is she's... man when you found one like this you found a good thing and um and i'm not easy i can tell you that <laughs> and uh but we walked into that doctor's office and we're sitting there and, and i loved it because he said um he talked for a minute they did some you know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be real open and just honest and when you're dealing with what i'm dealing with right now i, I it was jokingly i said to my wife i said what I really hate about this particular thing is every time you walk into a doctor's office, you've got to unbutton your pants with this thing. <laughs> and uh, so there's the all personal whatever is gone. It's just like, okay, tell me, tell me when I can pull them up. And, uh, and uh, so it was the same thing and go in, same thing. But then after that, he said to me, he said, considering what we're talking about today, he said, you are very relaxed. What do you do? And I said, I'm a minister. And he just had that, 
okay, I get it, look. But he said, you are very relaxed. And I can tell you it's because one of who I walk with in the Father and who I walk with in those who trust me and look to me for leadership, who serve me and who I get to serve every week. We serve each other as unto the Lord. And I sat there and I listened to him and he just began to say, he said, I've looked at all the tests and he said, really, I don't care about all the other tests. He said, all those other tests that you have taken, the other doctors did, I really don't care anything about any of those tests. The only one I'm going to pay attention to is the last one that I took that showed the spot. That's, that's the one I'm going to focus on. And he said, and, and what's more, he said, I'm going to say this to you. He said, I am, now this is a guy that said he didn't care about that very small window a week before. And I really believe it's because of the anointing that Kim and I brought into that room. But he made a statement. He said, I'm changing that small window to a, I'm enlarging that window. It's, I'm giving you 50% chance that it's cancer, 50% chance that it's not. And, and he said, well, we're going to do this test. When they put me to sleep, I get to get knocked out for four hours. So I'm going to sleep real good during that time next Tuesday. And, um, but he said, um, uh, he told me, Kim said to him, she said, so with that test, we're going to know. And he said, it is highly accurate. When that is done, it takes about 10 days to get the results of that test. And he said, we will know. And we left that office and I said to my wife, I said, that's another win. That's another win. Do not hear in my voice today, fear. What you're witnessing right now is complete confidence that my God is still God. He is. something without even having full understanding of it and uh, I had no intention of telling saying any of this today 
because what I wanted to do was stand at the end and say, let me tell you a story about a miracle. But I think probably as Kaylee was trading into me with that, we were trading in all of us, but I was receiving it personally. But I was receiving that and I was thinking, man, this is my family. We walk together. And, um, and it's been a journey. I'll tell you, it has been a journey. Uh, it's still a journey. But I, without even understanding fully the trade and all this that happens here, I went to these men that I met with in Arkansas this week and I traded into them everything that had come in the week before. I traded into them and I shared with them this story. And I talked to them about faith not being the absence of fear and fear not being the absence of faith. And I've had moments where I've thought, hmm, I know what's going on in me. I feel it. But fear is not the absence of faith. Faith is not the absence of fear. And uh, I traded into them, and I trade into you today the sacredness of our relationship. And I ask this of you. Pray for me one time. Once. And make sure you don't pray until you have faith to pray. Do not waste your words. And if you have faith when you pray once, you will not be required to pray again. You strike hands with that faith. I don't want redundancy. We're not begging God for anything. This is my fight in the night. And you have your own. And you have this with me. Pray once. Once. When you have the faith. Father, I strike hands with Steve Parker. And I'm speaking healing to his body. When you have the faith, before then, don't open your mouth. Please don't waste your words on me. Make them count. And then don't ask again. Simply agree with what you have already declared. Amen? So I wanted my wife to join with me today. Be up here with me because, um, well, because I didn't know I was doing this. Um, but, um, but I wanted her to be up here because this is a journey that we are taking together. And more is to come. But I want to talk to you a little bit and just share just for a few minutes. And we'll break. Yes, yes. So I just want you to know my perspective um, as a wife, and I am 100% at peace. Um, my trust, it's times like these that squeeze you to uh, see what's inside, you know. And so I can tell you it, it I have come to the place where I don't care what a test says or what my eyes see. Um, I know in the deepest part of Kim Parker, and y'all know I've been down this road before in another, it just looked dressed differently. So there's a lot of reference points that don't apply to this. So I'm choosing to erase all of those and stand aligned with heaven and allow him to flow through me what I need when I need it. 
You know, if he's down, and we're being so candid, but you know the thing about the Father in our walk together is that it's always been public. <laughs> you know, our, my, our son, when, when we lost him, it was so public. We were up on the stage every week talking about this horrible situation that we were facing in life that no one would want to talk about, but yet we were a position to speak freely from that place. And a lot of growth and healing came from that. Here we are again. So... It's different this time because, number one, I've come a long way. I've come a mighty long way. <laughs> but I know the character of our Father. Yes. And I know that when you, and I say this because, see, when he was saying, and then this test and that test, I'm not, I know we're not the only ones being tested in the room. Right, right. You have your own test. And it might be coming and, and repeating itself, and you might find yourself slammed here and there. But I want to give you a different perspective. See it for you. See these things for you, not against you, not trying to tear you down or rob you. And I know what they look like. <laughs> I know what they look like. It's not all rosy in the Parker home right now. I know what those tests look like. I know what they feel like. I know what they sound like. I know that they come at um, inopportune times. I know the battle is here, but I also have a key. And he allowed us, when we went to Zion, he allowed us to, to look at angels landing. And honestly, unless you've ever done it or you've stood there, it's so high and so seemingly unreachable. I'll never make it to the top of that thing. When you're standing looking at it, honestly, I don't know what the percentage is, but when we looked at the numbers we could find, it's like 90% that get some distance and turn and come back because it's just too hard. It looks too high. It requires too much. I don't want to preach. <laughs> I want to save it for the ladies' advance. Anyway, I'm not even... <laughs> I'm not even speaking on this. I'm not. This has nothing to do with what he's put in me. My portion for the ladies is different, but this is for today. Um, but this is how we did it. We heard the bad reports as we were going up the mountain. We heard the bad. Oh, it, you know, oh, when I got to the place where I knew I was going to die, I turned around. <laughs> Honestly, these people speaking all this stuff, and we're just like, okay. We just kept going. But, you know, we came to the part where Almost everyone turns around, and that's the chains. And I saw it so differently. And you may have heard it when I just said that. But you can either be chained or you can choose to connect yourself. And so the thing was, we chose to connect ourselves to that mountain. It was a choice. You never, ever escape choice. It's a two-edged sword. It's true. <laughs> Make the wrong one, you're out. Make right. the right one, you get to the top. And honestly, this is where this house is. So we, we chose to hold on to that chain. And sometimes when we're going into all these doctor's offices and hearing all these reports and all this business, I think back to that hike because what we did and how we conquered that thing, number one, we were together. We were unified. That's right. That's there was a time my brother even, in the, I don't even know how he did it, the smallest little space, but he knelt down 
and made his knee available to me because I wasn't tall enough to, to get my leg up on this rock. And I don't even know if we, I don't think we even had a chain to hang on to at that point. We were just kind of trying to figure it out. But, you know, he knelt down in, in front of us and was like, here. And we would just use his leg, you know, use your, those you're joined to's leg if you have to. <laughs> but we're in it together. So together in unity, we, and, and we never spoke doubt. No one ever said, oh, I'm right, tired. Right, oh, we can't right. do this. Oh, That's my right. gosh, look how far down that is. Don't fall. You know, it was always encouraging. But this is what we did to spare you the details. And this is the important part is we always looked for the next step. So instead of looking at, you know, way up there or way down there, we always looked, what's the next, how, what's the next step for me? Where do I put my foot next? And so when we go through these tests and I hear these doctor's reports, I think, okay, where do we put our foot next? This is what he said. Okay. So we're going to go have this test done. And that's where I stay. I don't try to get to the top before I get through all these steps. So my encouragement to you is, as we walk this out as a house, whatever your tests are, wherever you are today, whatever you are facing, instead of looking at the impossibility of the thing, take it one step at a time. Always know where your next step is. And I promise you, the Father will make your steps sure we yes. always said Amen. it. Amen. We always said, make sure your, your footing is sure. Like you don't want to be hanging like this, looking down, you know, however far that was. So make sure your step is sure. And once you know, boop, step. You want to move. Do you understand? You can't get to the top if you don't move. So there's no camping out in this place. We've come too far. So, so we have to move. But also there's a requirement on every single person. And that's so fun. If you find the joy in that, like, what is my portion? That's what this is about. You understand that. We're being faithful over our portion. It's not about being crazy, weird, and throwing money at each other. Right. Money represents a lot to a, to a household. This is hard-earned money. From the penny to the $10 bill right here, this money was earned by blood, sweat, and tears, some of us, right? All of us. So it's, this is this is valuable. So be careful where you place your value. Put it in him. And I tell you, um, that's one thing I'm really, I'm really aware of is where is my portion? What is my portion? How am I faithful over my portion? What can, how can I bring my portion? And it might be a song, Kaylee, or it might be money. You know, don't get locked up or religious about this. We can get religious about anything. This is just a means to get us through to where we own everything. You understand? Amen. But I bless you. I wanted you to hear my voice. I wanted you to hear um, where I am. Um, My husband is the most amazing man, and um, I have no fear that this has been sent for us. And we're navigating some really squeezy places, but we're navigating those places. We are moving full of faith, and I have no fear. But I do know, and I bless you for being open because I know how hard this is for you, Um, but it's right that we are open about this, that we share this, and that we walk it together in unity. I bless you. Love you. You know, I think that sometimes we, we as a parent, as parents, um, 
and I'm not your daddy, or, and she, Kim's not your mama, but by the Spirit we are. And I think sometimes as parents, we're, we're cautious to say too much to, our, to the kids because you're not sure what they can take and will they respond correctly. The reality of it is, though, in the kingdom, there's no such thing as age. And we really have to lay hold of that because there's nobody in here. You're not one person, not one spirit is older or younger than another. Um, so we really have to lay hold of that. But I love you. Kim and I love you. And we love what the Father is doing. And I tell you, if we had to choose anybody to walk this out, it would be, I would choose us. If he said, choose who, we would say, let it be us. And let's walk this thing out and um, make your name great. You know, uh, I, uh, as Kim said, she, I couldn't have said it any better, but I, we are full of faith. Full of faith, full of promise, uh, full of purpose. I will say this. So when we've come and gone, you see, there's a lot of coming and going Kim and I do during the week that's here, and we might not be available as much as we were because we, there's a lot of places we've had to go. And um, just uh, understand that and know that there's a reason that there are pastors in this house. There are other men in this house and ladies in this house that can, that can minister uh, to your needs in our absence. Don't, don't ever get upset if, if we're not available when you need us because the moment you get upset, because I'm not available, lets me know that I've become the wrong person to you. Let's me know that you're, you're trusting me more than you're trusting Holy Spirit. And uh, we are here. We are family. Amen? And we stand for one another. And the thing that I'm after is raising up a people, being faithful through fluid worship to get us to come to this place that I don't quite recognize what it looks like yet with my eyes. But I do, I, I'm telling you, we're going to keep moving till we see, we, 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 we see with our eyes what we see in our heart. And, uh, and that is this fluid thing that is continuing to move. And listen, and every single one of us are going to, we're going to walk out these fights and fight in, a fight in the night every single one of us, and I believe that for some, it is this process, it might not be health, but it is this process trying to get used to, okay, how come we don't do it like we used to? This might be your fight in the night. And I'm telling you, if there's ever been a, gener gen a generation that has been required more to have a fight in the night, it is this millennial generation. And I'm telling you, there's some things they're going to, they got to learn to draw some lines that, the, the challenge is, in one generation, there's too many lines, in another generation, there's not enough. But I'm telling you, Holy Spirit has the ability to make clear what isn't, if we will lay in, lay hold of what He wants us uh, to walk out and walk in. Amen? So I encourage you, uh, millennial generation, I know this is a way different than where we, I thought we were headed this morning. But I encourage you, if you're a millennial, you're, you're the generation coming up. You're the Zs or the Ys, whatever in the world they call them. I don't know. But um, you're, one of, you're in that generation today. I encourage you today, you, you listen to the Holy Spirit. You listen to the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, if there's, a, if there's a, a conflict in your spirit about what you engage, you better understand that's the angel sent to you in the night. You better recognize that as an angel. And, you, and then find out whether it's the angel that came, that stood in the cleft of the rock, Balaam's angel, or is this Jacob's angel? Is this an angel to get you somewhere, or is this an angel to keep you from something? And, and you need to understand this, and you can do this if you do it by the Holy Ghost, but if you do it 
because you're a millennial thinker instead of a kingdom thinker, you're going to miss the mark every time. You've got to be a millennial thinker, not, I mean a kingdom thinker, not a millennial thinker. Don't think, well, this is my age, this is my society, this is my culture, this is my whatever. Uh-uh. Your, your decisions in your life, my life, our lives are not determined by the culture around us. We make the culture. The culture should not make us. It's up to you and it is up to me. Stand with me if you would, please, this morning. Amen. Well, I bless you today. I thank you for being who you are today. I thank you for standing. I thank you for walking uh, with Kim and me, for being uh, willing to pray a prayer of faith. Please, please, if you feel like somehow you got a different word than me and you're supposed to pray five times for me, it is the devil. This involves, this is, this particular prayer I'm asking you to pray is for me and Holy Spirit gave me a word about how this thing should be addressed. Honor that. Pray one time. Pray when you have the faith to pray. Don't pray until you do. But when you know you have the faith to pray, you pray. And then don't ask for the same thing again. You can strike hands with it. You can come into agreement with it. But we're not begging God. Listen, God is not interested in withholding healing and provision. It is his joy to say, son, what do you need? Here you go. He wants to give it to us. We don't have to beg him for what he wants to give us. Amen? Love you. I bless you. I speak to your bodies. I speak to your mind. I speak to your spirit today to be strong and to be full of faith and full of authority and full of wisdom to know who you are to not be shaken by what is around you but by being willing to stand up and to say man I am not this does not dictate me I am dictating I am the one that is saying this is what it's going to be it is not going to tell me what it's going to be I'm a son of the most high God I know in whom I believe and I have faith and I'm walking in it today let that be your statement today let that be your decree today. Amen? Yeah. I love you. I bless you. Sir, can We're, I speak to you? You can. With a mic, please. First of all, let me say, this is not my healing thing, because I've already done that. I already yesterday, man. Amen. But uh, <clears throat> all month long, probably, probably past two months or so, you have been the man that's been highlighted or illuminated in, in before me. And it's going to sound weird in the beginning, but it's because I've been reading some Old Testament things, right? And it has nothing to do with you about being Old Testament, but just stay with me for one quick second. I've been reading about, and the two men that stood in, out to me in, in those Testament is Moses and Abraham. Whew. Say this without oh, getting choked up. <clears throat> Let's talk about Moses first and who he was to the children of Israel. Moses was the one that went to the mountain and he spoke to God and everything that God had, Yahweh had for the children of Israel, Moses was responsible for bringing that back to them. And because the children of Israel failed to have the kind of relationship that Moses had, hmm. they couldn't hear Yahweh directly hmm. for themselves. And hear me when I say this. Well, as I read that, just in my own self, I fault Moses in a way. 
because he failed to express the importance of having a relationship with Yahweh mm. for yourself. Wow. Right. Wow. I really believe that. Wow. That's just me. Yeah. Now, that's, that's not gospel. That's me. I fell somewhere between Yahweh mm. and the people. There was a lack of interpretation or communication that Moses did not have, that he did not relate to the people. He didn't make it seem like, he didn't let them know that it might be oppressed. It might cost you something. But wow. he has built his tabernacle in the midst of us because he desires to have a relationship. Amen. Not Amen. just with me and the priest, but with every single That's one it. of you. That's it. That's it. And how I see you in comparison to Moses is that you went beyond what Moses has done. You have demonstrated that there's a relationship that Yahweh desires to have between himself and the people. Amen. It's not just me. Everything that you That's have right. uh, that Yahweh has for you, it ain't coming through me. Right. I'm right. not your Moses. I'm not your God. I'm mm. not your interpreter. But what I will tell you is that I know a God mm. that, <coughs> me, that desires to have a relationship with you yes. just like I go to the mountain. Guess what? Come on, people. Go to the mountain with Amen. me. Amen. Amen. You've done that. You've done that well. You've done that well. You have demonstrated that there's no place in God, in the Father, in the kingdom that each and every person in this building cannot experience on their own. And we don't have to go through Moses. And we don't have to go through you. We don't have to go through the high priest because Christ has already been our high priest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But we can go directly to him. Yes. Yes. You have done that excellently. Every time I read about Moses, I think, man, I'm glad my apostles, uh, excuse me. I'm so glad Steve is not a Moses. I'm so glad he ain't so caught up in religion. And see, there are many Moseses that are out there who, caught up, who are caught up in the religious propaganda, whatever you want to call it. And they make the people feel like if you're not coming through me, or if you're not coming through this verse, if you're not coming through this religion or denomination, you can't get to the mountain. But I thank God. I thank God. You have been a demonstration of the veil which has already been torn and removed. And you've not been left any secret to let us know that man, you better in in on your home. Not only not only have you demonstrated it, but you required it. Yes. You required that of us. Yes. And, I, and I read about Abraham. And when you were just talking about the fight in the night, I remember when Abraham and Lot separated. And I forget who it was, but somebody had captured Lot. And Abraham, whoo, he said, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my nephew. I'm going to go get him. And Abraham, he didn't take a whole bunch of people with him. But Abraham called. Abraham chose some specialists. People that were living among the other people. 
These were not people that was already set aside, but these That's were people right. that were among the people. And he went to them because he knew the kind of training that they already possessed. Hallelujah. And he went to them. And he gathered them. And they went to the enemy by night. Mm. It was a fight in the night, sir. Mm. The enemy never saw him coming. Wow. And when Abraham and all his specialists went in there, they started killing. They was cutting necks. Come on, come on. It wasn't no noise. It wasn't ow. They couldn't scream. Because <laughs> they was cutting the throats. Come on. And they were dead before they knew they was dead because he got them in their sleep. Wow. And Abraham and the specialists walked out victorious. And the enemy never knew what happened. Wow. You'll fight in the night, sir. Mm. I will fight in the night, sir. You better call on the specialist. And, and Kaylee, I got to say this to you too because you really helped this thing come to me. I don't know how many times we sung, we done sung that song, Earth, Yield, and Bear. And all this time I've been raising my hands and I've been saying, Earth, Earth, Earth. But then you said something that made me go, what? <laughs> earth. Yes, yes. Church. Yes, yes. Yield. Yes. Bear. Yes. Oh, yes. that you yes. was meant to. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes. Woo. yes. Sir. Sir. I just got to say, that's why I had to come to you today. And I had to let my earth yield and bear all that it was meant to. I thank God because I know, I know you. This is a room full of specialists right now. And you'll fight in the night. You kill the enemy. Cut his neck, slit his throat before he was even know you was there. And victory is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got, let me tell you, let me hook a wagon to the horse that Archie just brought into this place. I was, I was at this meeting in Arkansas this week and with these men that I love, I love these men, but there's eight men, some of their wives, and we were gathering, we do every six months, and um, when we're in there, and I'll just tell you this part real quick, there's a lot more to tell, I thought I was going to tell it, but I'll just tell this part because of what you said, but we're in this meeting and something came up and you know they don't know how to take they don't know how to take me that's the bottom line and what we're doing in this house and they struggle with the fact I'll just in a nutshell some of them struggle in a major way with the fact that we don't use titles one that I don't refer to us as a five-fold ministry church anymore and they struggle with that and it seems like in every meeting there is a confrontation that revolves around that and I finally I said at one point I said in there I'd listen and I said at one point I said what you need to do is you need to read John 21 26 well a couple of them pulled their Bibles out to find John 21 26 only to discover there's no John 21 26 (laughs) And then one of them said, uh, 
There is no John 21, 26. I said, oh, but there is. I said, there is a John 21, 26. I said, what does John 21, 25 say? That the world is not big enough to contain the books that it would take to, I'm paraphrasing, but to record the miracles, to scribe the miracles and the signs and the wonders that Christ did in his ministry. I said, that's verse 25. 26 is the miracles that weren't recorded. 26 are the words that have never been received. 26 are the, is the places that we have never gone because we're still stuck on 25. So throughout that meeting, every time something would come up, I would say, look at John 20, 21, 26. You need to go to John, tw- ah, well, John 21, 26, because you're looking at what is, and you need to be looking at what is that hasn't been seen. You're more interested in what has been given. I'm interested in what is being given. And he's giving. He is giving. He is giving. And here's the thing. He didn't give it to me. He gave it to us. He didn't give it to a building church. He gave it to you, the church. He's he's given us something to begin to walk out and to have faith for individuals that come together many churches that gather together as one and we bring our testimonies and we bring our witness and we bring uh, the glory of the Lord into this place as we gather together and say let me tell you what what happened in my church on Thursday night at 7 o'clock or on Friday morning at 9 a.m. or whenever you hear me today I love you that's all I have and I bless you Father, I lift my voice.